Welcome to Screen Wings, episode 96, presented by Honda. I thought you were going to say Han Solo. Presented by Han Solo. We're both wearing Star Wars shirts today. We're not discussing Star Wars. Well, I guess we'll talk about it probably briefly. Probably. Uh, Yeah, so today... Uh, I'm London. That's Thomas. We we make a podcast called Screen Wings. You're listening to it right now. What the fuck? Uh, today we're going to be talking about two Jim Jarmusch films from 89 and 91. First one being... Mystery Train? Mystery Train. Second one being Night on Earth. But before we do that, as always, me and Thomas are going to talk about random shit for a while. Yep. Uh, what'd you do this week, Thomas? Anything particular? Uh... I watched the end of season one of Clone Wars, and then I got a decent chunk into season two. I watched all of the that one bounty hunter that Bane. Yeah, I watched. I think most of his stuff. The point where I'm at, he basically kind of got caught, but he got away. So I'm sure he'll be back in the future. But it feels like his stuff's probably wrapped up for. The time being, maybe. People love Cat Bane. I, I like him. I, I like his design. He's pretty cool. I like his... I can see why. It was a pretty good little handful of episodes, and I was pretty invested. Uh, I really liked the one arc before where Obi-Wan, like, crashes the, like, little jet thing that they ride on, like, that has, like, the safety handles. I don't know what those things are called. The flyers. Mm-hmm. The, the, like, clone carrier thing. Yeah. And they... I think... There's some kind of gunship. I can't remember what they're called, though. Yeah, and it's uh, Anakin and the one, like, won't hit. The Kiati Mundi? Yeah, and they're, like, keeping track of uh, how many, like, droids they kill. I thought that arc was pretty good. Uh, Clone Wars is good. I know people like to shit on the first couple seasons for whatever reason, but like I, I like the first couple seasons. Yeah, fine. I, I'd say I like it. I just I think most of it at this point I realized not a lot of it sticks. A lot of it feels the same uh, unless yeah. they start going into like a multi episode arc, in which case it kind of like yeah is better, but. Yeah, I can see why a lot of the, like, miscellaneous stuff kind of goes under the radar. Because, like, I just picked up from where I left off. I'm like, I don't remember much. I just remember various remember the, battles. You remember the Jar Jar Binks episode. I remember Bombad Jedi. Of course, how could I forget? The Jar Jar Binks <laughs> episodes are some of my favorite in Clone Wars. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. fun. Uh, and then I remembered Ahsoka. The minor spoiler for season one, but she, like, gets in... To a situation where she has to fight Grievous. Uh, I think it's so funny that Ahsoka fights Grievous. Anakin doesn't even meet Grievous until episode three. All throughout the Clone Wars. Like, Obi-Wan and Ahsoka are, like, constantly fighting. And Anakin's just, like, jerking off in a corner. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But what's it called? I I don't remember what else I was going to say on the Clone Wars, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, oh, yeah. I was very shocked when I realized the uh, Admiral in that was the... Uh, what, Euloran? Yeah, yeah, was in Thrawn. It took me a while before I, like, realized I was like, oh! And I did, like, just a little, like, I watched, like, a little video on him because I was just curious on the broad strokes. And I'm like, oh, hmm. Yeah, well, that's what's cool about, especially the first Thrawn book, is, like, everyone in that is pretty heavily shown in, like, the Clone Wars and Rebels, except for Eli Vanto. Yeah. I figured, because I looked him up and I couldn't find any corresponding source material. Not yet. Not yet. How, have you finished book two, or? No, I'm on, I just finished chapter eight, so I'm, like, a little less than halfway. Okay, cool. But I finished all three Thrawn books, and then I, I'm almost done with Dark Disciple, which is uh, based on a cut uh, Clone Wars mm. arc that was going to be in the final season, but, well, the final season before it got uh, canceled originally. Oh, okay. Um, and it follows Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress. It was supposed to be, like, Ventress's final stuff. Because in the Clone Wars, Ventress just kind of disappears. Oh, well, that's kind of lame. Like, she has she has something, and she leaves, and then it's like, oh, this is... And then it just never happens. But the book, the book's been really good so far. The beginning does kind of feel like fan fiction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but 
overall, I've been really enjoying it. I have like 80 pages left. Um, and then I'm probably just going to jump into probably another Star Wars book. I bought a bunch of Star Wars stuff. I bought um, the whole Thrawn, original Thrawn trilogy. And then there's another Thrawn duology that's like a sequel to the Thrawn trilogy. Mm-hmm. In Legends, so I bought all those. Yeah. And then I bought the book we're reading for next Readweens. Um, have you uh, thought about reading any of the Ascension stuff yet? The Thrawn Ascendancy stuff? The prequel yeah. stuff? No, I'm most most likely, I'm just going to tell you this, I'll probably just wait until the third book comes out in November and then pick that for the podcast. Oh, okay. I, I thought they had already all come out. No, the second book just came out like two months ago. Oh, I see. And they're releasing. I'm actually surprised how fast they're releasing them. Like they're within like seven months. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably just wait for that. I'm just gonna. Thrawn's really cool. I really like Thrawn. Yeah. He's blue. He is. Um. Yeah. So I've been doing that. What else have I done? Oh, I've done a lot this week. Been playing a lot of Star Wars Destiny. Reading a lot of Star Wars. Working a lot. I don't know where I was in Fast and the Furious last week, but we only have Hobbs and Shaw to watch now. Okay. Which we're watching probably tonight. I think you got into five. Um, oh, no, I think I watched six because I was like, five's fantastic and six is pretty good, too. Mm. Uh, seven's really good. Eight's really good. I like them both. I I didn't think this would happen, but I've been really enjoying them. They're like so fucking stupid, but they've really gone into knowing that. And I'm like, yeah. perfect. Uh, we watched Saint Maud, me and Hinatea, which is an A24 film about like a nurse who has saw some professional material for it. It was it was pretty good. It has its issues and it's a little uh it's, it's pretty good. Okay. And then had I seen uh Spiral, the new Saw movie at that point? I don't remember you mentioning it. Okay, so probably not. Um, it's so fucking garbage. Jesus Christ. Oh, is I it? hated it. <laughs> yeah. I, I really wasn't expecting this. Yeah. It's uh, not like the... I, I, I don't really think any of the Saw movies are I think one's fantastic. all right. Yeah, I think the first one, it's like, oh, this is like... Pretty a, decent. A fun has like con- some... An execution on this concept. Yeah. But yeah. I haven't watched a lot of them. I'm probably going to go through them all soon. I stopped at four back when they were releasing them, and I just... I never bothered. I remember the last of them coming out. All the promotional material. This is it. This is the last one. And then they made Jigsaw. And then they made this one. Yeah. And it's like, I don't care. But I'll probably watch through them eventually. Just not anytime soon. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've done. Yeah. 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 And then, oh, I read through uh, all of the High Republic comic that has come out mm-hmm. so far. There's only five issues. It's pretty good. Uh, I, I've been trying to get into newer comic stuff, and a lot of it I've just not been enjoying. But um, I just read the first Mr. Miracle, and I really enjoyed that one. Or Miracle. Was it Mr.? Yeah, Mr. Miracle. Uh, High Republic's really good so far. I think those are the two that have I've enjoyed so far. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but hopefully I'll find some more that I enjoy. Hmm. You know, it's nice if I work at a comic shop and know comics that I could recommend. <laughs> That's fair. You just point them straight to the... You're like, yeah, you guys like Riverdale, right? Well, I've got this stash of we Archie have a lot comics. Of, well, no, there are a lot of Riverdale comics, oh, I'm, too. I'm fucking sure. We should read them for real. <laughs> <sighs> Alright You got anything else to talk about? Uh, nothing substantial I played a little Red Dead Online But nothing crazy That's pretty cool yeah. Alright, well you want to just jump in today? No questions What? Yeah, he's out there You forgot oh. Yeah, let's just jump into it Okay uh, alright, so first one we're going to be talking about. Did you watch them just Mystery Train and then Night on Earth, or did you? I watched Night on Earth first. <gasps> okay. I, 
totally didn't even no, register the order. I was just like, I wanted to see this one. It wasn't even intentional. Like, I just... Both of them had been on my list. I didn't remember what they were about. But both of these are anthology films. And I think both of them were, like... I don't think he made a movie in between the two. Because <laughs> it was 89 and 91. I mean, yeah, that's fair. But let me double check. But I was like, that's really funny. <laughs> that I just unconsciously chose... The two probably best uh, double feature for them. Um, <clears throat> he made a... Oh, yeah. He made Coffee and Cigarettes uh, as a full movie later on. But uh, early on, he was doing, like, short films of okay. it. There were, like, three. So, technically, he made the third one in between the two. Mm. I think. Wait. Maybe I'm lying. Okay. Yeah, because I, I know that came out like what? No, that came out afterwards. Uh, he made... He was in a... Yeah, no. Those were... those were They were right after each other. Okay. So, Mystery Trains, an anthology film, all taking place in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, the heart of rock and roll? I don't know. Yeah, it's the place where it's Elvis, Elvis thrived. thrived, and he recorded his like original albums there. Big emphasis on Elvis and, like, how much he cultivated the culture of Memphis, Tennessee, or supposedly so. Um, I mean, can you blame him? He saved him from the mummies. Yeah, he did. Bubba Hotep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, three stories. First one uh, is about two Japanese tourists. Uh, a Japanese couple that come to visit specifically to see Graceland. Yeah, they're like the opposite of weeaboos. Yeah, like, they're American boos. Yeah. And I'm just like, wow. This would be really cringy. If it, like, I think it's funny because it's like, it, they're still going to like a smaller place. And if an American went to like some random ass fucking city in Japan that wasn't Tokyo, I would think that was funny too. Yeah. No, of course. But they're like, we're going to go to Memphis, Tennessee. I'm like, wow, good for you. <laughs> I guess Memphis isn't a random ass city, but nobody goes to visit Memphis that isn't it, from it's, America. It's not on the top ten list of yeah. tourist attractions, I did I'd imagine. Um, but But yeah, all they do is they go and they go to like an Elvis museum and then they don't have no they have no idea what the lady's saying. And then they go stay at a hotel, which is the the connecting piece for everything. Everyone goes to this hotel. I think it's called like the arcade hotel. Um, they stay the night and then they leave in the morning and it switches back to another person. But they're all staying at the same night. There's something that builds over the course of this movie, which is a gunshot that the ghost people... of Elvis. Oh. Oh. Well, the ghost of Elvis, I felt like... It's only in the second one. I was yeah. just kidding. Elvis definitely is in all three of them, but the ghost of Elvis is only in the second yeah. one. In the, in the first one, they're like, was that a gunshot? And they're like, yeah, we're in America, probably. Yeah. <laughs> that was so fucking funny. <laughs> I also him. love the part where they're like, don't you know, hotel rooms come with complimentary towels in the fee. And I'm like, that's not true. It's like, I, it's, I can see where they got that. And they like, like, they like give the guy a plum as a tip. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of really fun, like, culture shock esque moments. I like the bit where his manager's like, are you going to eat that? And he's like, no. He's like, well, yeah, because the manager's like, you shouldn't eat that. And he's like, are you gonna? And he's like, no, you just told me not. So then he just eats it in one bite and he's like, hey, that was my plum. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, they hear that gunshot, which doesn't sound like a gunshot. It sounds like a like a cork being removed from a bottle. It's just like, well, yeah, that's what gunshots sound like. Oh yeah, in Memphis though. That's right. Um, I forgot. But then it jumps to the second one, and it's a lady, and she has like that's, there's like a coffin. She's like writing paperwork for like a coffin, so something. Yeah, someone seemed, died. I don't, I don't like, think they ever talk about it. I think they said it was her husband. Hmm. So she's just filling out paperwork. But she was a, she was trying to take him back home to Rome, and then there was uh, something went wrong with the plane, so they had to land. So she's just stuck there for the night. Yeah. So she goes to this diner where this guy pulls her aside and oh, tells her this creep. David Lynch esque story about how he was hitchhiking and every or he wasn't hitchhiking, he was driving. There's a bunch of hitchhikers. They all look the same. So right before Memphis, he stops and picks one of these identical hitchhikers up. And it turns out 
It's Elvis's ghost. It's Elvis's ghost, and he's got a message to pass along to this woman, this Italian woman in the diner one year later. Or it's not a message, it's an It's item. a comb. It's a comb. It's Elvis's comb. And he's like, but there's a $20 delivery fee. Or 10 if it's okay. And she's like, it's the stupidest fucking story here's I've ever heard. 20 to leave but me But here's alone. 10 for the story and 10 to leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, and then he tries to, like... He basically waits with a buddy in an alleyway like, hey, for her. Hey, can I spare two more minutes? And she's like, what the fuck? No. So then she, she walks and uh, she tries to get a taxi, but it keeps driving. So then she goes in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And she runs into a lady who's like, I don't have enough money for the night. <clears throat> yep. Because uh, she had left her husband. And so they they stayed in a room together because the Italian, the, the Italian woman's... Maybe not rich, I don't know, but she has a lot of money on her at the very least. Mm. So yeah, they stay together in the room, and then that night... She sees the ghost of Elvis. And he's like, whoa, where am I? I'm in the wrong place. And then he just leaves. And she's just like mortified. She's just the whole night, she's just like, oh my god. And then, yeah, the next, the morning comes, and we hear the gunshot. And she's like, it must be a 38. I'm like, how do you know that? Uh, and then she gives uh, her friend, her new friend, like $200. And she's like, have a good life. And, yeah. and she leaves. And then it jumps to fucking... Do you think that is all meant to like suggest that she like killed her husband and just got a bunch of like money? Mate, I would... Like, she wasn't... I mean, there's I a lot of... Like, to I that conclusion, but it feels like there's enough little... Yeah, there's crumbs. a lot of... There's a lot of crumbs in this that like... There are other stories you can place. Like, that's what I like about anthology, like Jim Jarmusch esque anthology films, because, like, you jump into a person's life at a certain point, mm-hmm. and, like, you can answer questions with some of these little clues, but you could be completely wrong, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, she might, like, she's not showing very much sadness or anything, but she might just not be, well, like, an open person. Because, you know, Elvis's ghost is there to comfort her. Yeah. Um, and then the final uh, story is about the co-founder of The Clash hanging out with Steve Buscemi. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I was really, I was like, is that Joe Strummer? <laughs> and it was Joe Strummer. Mm. It was one of the main guys from The Clash. Uh, this was only one of the only movies he was in. And I was like, what the fuck? Jim Jarmusch just, it's like, hey. <laughs> he always has either Tom Waits in his films or writing music for his film. I'm just like, what the fuck are you, how are you doing this, Jim Jarmusch? <laughs> yeah, right. It's the hair. It's definitely the hair. They're like, is that David Lynch? And he's like, oh, close enough. Um, <laughs> man, Adam Driver needs to be in a David Lynch movie. That would be very good. I would love to see that. Adam Driver needs to be in more movies. He does. Um, I can't wait for that movie he's in with Lady Gaga. Oh, yeah. Where he's like the... the, Not the founder of Gucci, but like the son of the founder of Gucci or something like that. Yeah. Looks good. Looks fun. Um, We were talking about a movie, though. Yeah, we were talking about the third installment of Mystery Train where Steve Buscemi, he plays a hair... A barber. A barber. Which we see him in the first act, and he's like, has like a fishing pole, and it's on like a root. I have no idea what the fuck he was doing. I didn't even remember that part. Oh, yeah, they, they're walking by, and he has like a fishing pole, and it's up on oh, like the roof. I do remember like, What that the fuck part. is he doing? And I'm like, is that Steve Buscemi? I and I was like, this will be really funny if he's not in the movie anymore. I thought he was only, <laughs> but then he shows up again. I'm like, well, it's good to see Steve Buscemi, but. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, his brother-in-law, Steve Buscemi's character, is at a bar, and he's pulled out a gun, and he's drunk, and his wife left him. So Steve Buscemi and uh, one of their other friends goes to pick him up, and they go to a liquor store where the guy from The Clash basically shoots the person there. Because they called his friend the N-word. Yeah. Will Robinson. Yeah. He was like, and then he pulls out the gun. He's like, I'm going to take these these beers for free or something like that. And he's like, I'm going to be the one that makes you shoot. And then he just shoots him. He's like, okay. Yeah. 
It's like, oh, great. So then... So then they're just freaking out and then, like, driving around all night. And then eventually they go back to the hotel because Will Robinson is like, hey, that's my brother-in-law. He worked. He's, like, the manager of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And gives them, like, this shitty-ass, like, kink room or something. Yeah. And they stay in there the night and then... In the morning. In the morning, they have a, a little scuffle, and they shoot Steve Buscemi in the leg. Yeah, and that's what the gunshot was that everybody heard here at the morning. And, yeah. They drive all, to Arkansas. They all, all three, go their separate ways. Yeah. You see all three of them. And, yeah, I guess that train was a mystery, because it was barely in the fucking movie. But, I mean... Uh, yeah, but Mystery Train's also a song. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that went right over my head. I figured this movie would have been called Blue Moon, if anything. Because of the fucking Elvis song that plays three times throughout the movie. Yeah. But, hmm. Maybe they just couldn't get the rights to call the movie that. But, yeah... I wasn't... I don't think I was super crazy about this one. Uh, I liked the first one well enough. I, I was really invested into that one because I didn't know the movie was an anthology. And Me neither. Me neither. I was like, yo, this is cool. I'm like, I'm feeling it. And then I was like, oh. I thought the whole movie was going to be just jerk. these two Japanese people in Memphis. And I was like, I'm like, this is fun. I'm like, they're fun. They're quirky. He's like, at one point, he like lights a cigarette and then he throws it and like snaps it and lands in his pocket. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's a swag lord too. Oh, man. If only we could have gotten a whole movie with those two characters. Yeah, I definitely was the most invested in the first, and maybe the third, but that was mostly because I'm like, hey, it's Steve Shimmy! Yeah. And that had, like, the most stakes to it, because it's like, oh, that guy has a gun. Uh, I didn't dislike any of the three. I, I enjoyed the movie overall. I, I, I liked it a decent amount, but... Uh, I'd say I probably disliked the middle one. Okay. that's. I mean, that's fair. It was my least favorite, but... Um, I, I like the tonal shift, because uh, in the first one, like, the Japanese... I, I like the different feelings of, like, this town for the different people. Like, the first two, it's kind of like the... The boyfriend's pretty, like, he just doesn't kind of give a shit. But the girlfriend's, like, really like, wow, this is cool. Like, look, it's Memphis. <laughs> and then the second one, uh, the tone's, like... Much darker, like, this woman's being harassed. She's at, like, a bad point in her life. So, like, this... Everything just feels kind of dark around it. And then the third one is, like, they all fucking hate this town because they've they've been there for so long or they don't give a shit about it. So I like the different tonal aspects of the movie. I do think that narratively, the second one's, like, the weakest for me. Hmm. But I I enjoyed it. I I like the movie. And I, I like the the cool different aspects of the same town, like that storytelling device. Yeah, I liked it. I just felt like it didn't do enough to, like, satisfy me. I would have liked a little more uh, overlap between them, because there's a decent amount of overlap between the second and the third, because mm-hmm. the British dude is the the husband. Yeah. Well, not even... They were never married, but... Yeah. Um, but, like, there's no overlap between the Japanese couple and anyone else. No. So I'm just like, this just feels like one movie and then an thought Like, it feels like the first one could be its own movie and the second two are connected. It's like there are definitely details, aside from, like, being in Memphis that connect them. Like, they all each have, like, the Elvis thing that you connect. And I guess yeah. you could be like, oh, they came across Steve Buscemi not fishing. But yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely felt like... It didn't as naturally fit in there. Yeah. But But overall, I enjoyed it. I got... Something out of it. Something out of it, yeah. Maybe not all of it, but some of it you got Mm -hmm. something out of. That's that's fair. Um, Yeah. I I really like the delivery of Steve Buscemi specifically, because he's just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, the whole time. And then he finds out that that his brother-in-law is not even his real brother-in-law. And he's like, you mean to tell me I'm putting up with all this fucking shit and you're not even my brother? Yeah. (laughs) 
And I like the I like the hotel clerk and the the bellboy oh, like yeah. their little conversations randomly. And he's just like, "You got to get a suit like mine." He's like, "I don't want to pay for a new suit." And he's like, "I'm gonna eat your plum now." Yeah, <laughs> just like a bunch of like whenever it cuts to them, I'm like this is gonna be funny. Yeah, I liked their bits for sure. Uh, I like when Steve Buscemi drops the bottle, <laughs> Bobby. Yeah, and he's like, "You got a curse on you," and he's like, "I just." I'm, it was just an accident, but like <laughs> Steve Buscemi is like fucking up all the time, and like he's like falling, and then he gets shot in the leg. Like it's obvious, like he might have a curse on, probably. But he's just like, what the fuck kind of thing is that to say? Yeah, he's just like, oh geez, okay. I'm just sorry, God. Just leaves. Oh, and there's there's a lot of really fun stuff in the first sequence that I really like, like uh, the. The girlfriend of the Japanese couple, like, she speaks a little English. Mm. And somebody asks for, like, a match. And they, she's like, oh, matches. I know that one. They light it. And he's like, arigato. And she's like, holy shit, he just spoke Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I'm like, that's really cute. And, like, just in general. And then they have sex. And he's like, how come women always think about their hair? And she's like, What? What do you mean? Yeah, he's like, do do you women always like think about your hair? And she's like, are you trying? Like, are you trying to fucking say something, dude? What the fuck? Let me tell you, the eleven times we've had sex, I've never once thought about my hair. She's like, eleven. He's like, why are you counting? <laughs> <laughs> And then she's like, and if you're thinking about hair, maybe shave your face next time. He's like, I just shave. It's just like these Two weird fucking conversations that I really love in Jim Jarmusch movies because yeah. they feel so out of place at times. But then I'm like, that's ex- that's very realistic to me, at least. Like, that's exactly what happens. Like, I'll have, like, sex or something will happen. And then we'll just have the most random conversations or the most random arguments. Like... He gets it, at least sometimes. Like, yeah. 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 I like the bit where he's, like, looking out the window at Memphis. And she's like, what are you looking at? And he's like, Memphis. She's like, That's this, it's just the same. And he's like, no. He's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, it's not. What do you mean Memphis is the same as, like, Yokonama or whatever they, they're from? I'm like, what? Yeah. And then uh, that's the bit where we figure out they're, like, Probably just, like, freshly 18. Like, just just yeah. adults and able to, like, travel. And they have, like, no money. <laughs> he's, like, pulling out, he, like, pulling out his money from everywhere. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? Why are you going to Memphis? <laughs> Gotta meet Elvis. Yeah. He's like, it's so cool being 18. <laughs> it's just like, no, it's not. <laughs> but, yeah, there's just not as many, like, fun moments as that in the second one. Like, I like the, I think the performance by the main is yeah, fine. Like, like they're fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like the, the interactions, like, the, her facial expressions when she meets this new woman who just won't stop talking. She's just like, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Like, there's there's some fun little facial details, but, like, in general, the first, the first part really had me on a high, and then the second part was... I didn't dislike it, uh, mm. but... It wasn't nearly as good as the rest, I would say. Yeah. But yeah, those are my closing thoughts. I think you'd give this one a five. Mm-hmm. Mm, six? Oh, seven. Yeah, seven. I really, I really liked the first and the third parts. And I, I didn't like dislike the second. So yeah, seven. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about Night on Earth. I really like this one. Yeah, um, I like this one substantially um, more. Man, the first two, though, are so oh, fucking good. Yeah, it definitely me. peaked in the first like, two. I, I wish that they had been uh, kind of rearranged a little. Cause... I, yeah, it's definitely, like, the tone. It, it's interesting. The, the thing is, so, like, this takes place in different... Uh, so, f- Night on Earth, five different taxi drivers in five different places on, on the globe. Uh, mm-hmm. and, America and then Europe. They don't go anywhere else. Um, but as it progresses, it starts in LA, then New York, and as it's going, it's later and later in the night. Mm-hmm. So I do like the placement of it as that, because obviously as they're going from west to east, I was yeah. like, which way? Um, it's, uh, 
like I, I think it's a good storytelling just to do that, but also mm. the tones get like substantially darker as it goes on. Like the first one's pretty hip, pretty hop, and it's just like la la la, and the second one's nice and fun, and there's some arguments, but like both of them are nice. But as it's getting darker, like the last one is just like I'm gonna tell you the most depressing story you've ever heard. Oh yeah, that was the last one. I thought the last one was the one with the guy with the sunglasses. No, that was the fourth one, and like that one's funny, but it's like also pretty dark because it's just like. That's just dying in the back of your taxi cab. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you leave him to dead. Meanwhile, he's up there just like, and at one time I fucked a sheep and it was like fucking, I don't know, huh? Like, I know I'm supposed to confess my sins, but it was really cool. <laughs> See, that's it. He just keeps confessing things going, and I know it's bad, but I can't stop fucking. <laughs> yeah, he's like, one time I fucked a pumpkin when I was a kid, and I fucked a sheep, and I fucked my brother's wife, and the yeah. guy's just in the back like, oh, You ever read Domestic Girlfriend? That's about me. <laughs> but, yeah, so... First story, Winona Ryder, she's so young in this. She's 20 years old in this. I'm yeah. Like, she's got a backwards baseball cap. She's like, hey, you want to you wanna ride? Was this... This was before Heathers, right? Ooh. Uh, or it might have been, like, right after. Because this may be, like, the youngest I think I've ever fucking seen her in anything. Off the top of my head. But... Yeah, no, I was like, holy fuck, I mean, she is... you've a- seen Beetlejuice, haven't you? Oh, yeah, I guess. She's 17 in Beetlejuice. Uh, baby. I oh, just haven't watched Beetlejuice her, in, like, years. Maybe she's 16 in Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's 16 in Beetlejuice? She's 17 in Heathers. And then she's uh, 19 in Edward Scissorhands. Oh, okay. And then this came out the year after. Yeah, I haven't watched the... Earth does earlier. Yeah, those are like big roles, though, too. Yeah. We need to do a Winona Ryder. We do. Guys. She's great. And watch that Little Women. Dude, she's fucking phenomenal in that. But, uh... Oh, and she's in The Crucible. I remember watching The Crucible, at, like, in school. Yeah. I don't know if it's any good, but I'm sure, like, they're good. And Daniel Day-Lewis, I remember him being like, I was like, holy shit, this guy's good. Because that was, like, one of the first things I'd seen him in. Because it was, like, mm. early high school, I was watching The Crucible. I'm like, that guy's fucking awesome. Yeah. And he is. Okay. And I think I watched There Will Be Blood, like, a year later. And I was like, yo, is that the guy from The Crucible? Mm. Yeah, they had shown us... The Crucible, and they had also... I, I, we didn't watch the whole movie, but they had shown us bits of The Last of the Mohicans, which he was in. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what that movie's about. I, I, he's not actually, like, Native American in it, right? Like, he's isn't like, it, like... A, it's like one of those... It's like, one of those, like, oh, it's like The Last race. Samurai, where yeah. he's like, hey, I can't, hey, I'm a samurai now. Yeah. Which I mean, like, I guess is better than, like, a white person playing, like, a non-white person. Oh, yeah. But, but like, it's, it's mostly just, like, here's an excuse for a white person to play up. Because <laughs> even though he's, like, white on the outside, he's, like, one of us. <laughs> it's like, that's all that is. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, she's driving around this, like, rich executive lady who's a casting agent. Mm. And she's just like, she's like this go-getter. She's like, I'm going to be a mechanic. Hey, fuck you, Nimrod. She's like, she's this funny lady. She's like smoking and she's like, you should need a fucking phone book. I got one of those. (laughs) She's like, you shouldn't be smoking so much. She's like, yeah, okay, mom. (laughs) She's she's pretty fun to watch. I Mm -hmm. really enjoy it. And then at the end, she's like, hey. We're, like, having a casting call for, like, really young people that are have this go-getter attitude. Like, you'd be perfect for this. She's like, nah, I'm okay. I don't want to be a movie star. I want to be a mechanic. And I'm just like, this is one of the most righteous characters I've seen in a movie in a while. Like, they're just like, nope, I know what I want. I don't want to be a movie star. I don't want money. I want to be a mechanic. Go yeah, work she, she even tries. She's like, you be a mechanic later. And she's like... Nah, things are going good. Uh, I'm on. I'm on the path. Already. I know plenty of girls who want to be movie stars, but ah, that's not that's not my path. I want to be. I want to fix cars. I want to drive my taxi. Yeah, and she does a good job because, like, you can just tell through her performance that at least a part of her is thinking about it because it's like, yeah. who wouldn't? Like, yeah, you're basically offered like a fucking pathway to fuck tons of money. Yeah, 
and notoriety. So it's just like, yeah, yeah. But she's like, uh, fuck, no. Like, I'm set. Like, I'm already on the path. Like, it's good. So, I like that. And then we go to the second one, where there's... <laughs> this yeah. one is so fucking funny. Like, uh, I love the inner... So, this, this uh, German guy named Helmut... Uh, Grunkepper or something like that? Yeah, I don't remember. Burdenkepper or something like that? Is driving a taxi and he's really bad. He, like, doesn't know how to drive. And some... uh, Yo-Yo. This guy is like... uh, Giancarlo Esposito? Yeah. Esposito? Escar... I don't Uh, think it's Desposito. (laughs) No. Uh, Uh, Let me check. But... Yeah, he he's probably most No, it famous. is Esposito, you're right. Oh, okay. He's most famous for playing, like, Gus on Breaking Bad, but he he was in uh, a couple of the uh, fucking Spike Lee movies. Yeah, he's in Malcolm X and Do the Right Thing, and he's in, like, Okja, and he's uh, he's actually in two of the Maze Runner movies. He's, like, pretty fun in them, too. I remember when we were watching, Joe was like, is that Gus? And I'm like, who? Oh, <laughs> Uh, but yes, he plays Yo-Yo. He's so, they're so good. Um, and he's like, listen, I'll drive the taxi cab because you don't know how to fucking drive. And then I'll give you the money still and then you'll be on your way. It'll be fine. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. And then they get to talking and he's just like, it turns out. The German guy used to be a clown. He, like, starts playing the recorders. He's got, like, cool of and he's really good at just simultaneously. <laughs> and then, and the yeah, man. they get to Brooklyn, and then they... Well, like, halfway to Brooklyn, he fucking sees his, like, oh, yeah. sister-in-law. He's like, what the fuck? And it's Rosie Perez, and he's like, get in the car. And then they all drive to Brooklyn together. And he's like, look, I'm a clown. He's like... And she's like, what the fuck? And they all have a good time, pretty much. Yeah, and then... They drop each other off, and then she's basically like, "All right, have a have a good night, helmet. Fuck you, yo yo." Because he he like straight up kidnaps her, like he grabs her and pushes her into the car. It's that scene. I was like, "Uh oh, I don't like where this is going." And then it's like, "Okay, that's just how they be, apparently." Yeah, but yeah, and then basically he pays the cab driver, and he's like, "All right, you know how to get back, right?" And he's like. No. <laughs> All right. Well, once you get out to that big main street, ask someone. Yeah, because he's like, I can't tell you how to get there. Yeah. He's like, go, and he immediately takes the wrong turn. He's like, no. Yeah, and then we just get a like minute of him just like, uh, <laughs> he like takes off his clown nose, he's like, uh, and then yeah, we cut to a different part of the world. But yeah, the interactions between the two are like really fun. He's like, look, we have the same hat. And he's like, no, this is the freshest, the hippest. And he's like, fresh hat. And he just keeps saying fresh hat. And I'm just like, what? And he's like, hype. And he's like, good to go. He like, anytime Yo-Yo says something, he's like, I like this expression. Yeah. yeah and like, Helmet's, or Yo-Yo's giving him shit. He's like, your name's Helmet? And he's like, laughing. And then he's, and he's like, like, what's your name? Yo-Yo. And he's like, like the toy? And he's like, no! Not like the toy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that one out of all of them might have been my favorite. It had yeah. the goofiest energy to it, but also just a degree of just like somberness. Because like, I want to know what the fuck was up with that cab driver. He seemed like he had a bigger story going on underneath that we just never got to see. Yeah, because he's like, no, I left on my own fruit, and he's like, I don't have a family. Like. And then immediately, and he's like, I don't care about the money. When he said it was, like, important to him, he's obviously just wants, like, company. I'm just like, this guy's, like, probably extremely depressed. Yeah. (laughs) And he's probably, like, lost his family or something. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, it doesn't seem hopeful. But at least in that moment, he was happy. Fresh hat. (laughs) Fresh hat. And then we go to the third one. In France? France, yeah, in Paris. Um, Which is... uh, yeah, this cab driver kicks out some, like, fucking kind of shitty racist people who are Yeah, well, shit. there's these two black guys that are, like, trying to tell him, like, from where in Africa this, this guy is, because the cab driver is also black, and mm-hmm. he's like, once he, like, they keep guessing, and they're calling him ugly, and he's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah, he's like, get um, out of my car. And he's like, I'm, he says he's from, like, the ivory, uh, 
coast. Mm-hmm. And then he says it uh, in a way that they... In, in French, they say something like that sounds kind of like it, but it means like he is blind or something like that. Mm. Um, I was reading about this because okay. it's in French. It's like supposed to be just yeah. like a little thing. But he, he kicks them out because he's like, you're being a dickhead. So, and then he kind of just leaves them on a random road. And he's like, how are we supposed to get a cab here? He's like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, but then he picks up a blind woman who he's like fascinated with. And they're, she's kind of just a bitch to him. Uh, sometimes mean, fair, he's... he's kind of the worst too. And some of the questions he's asking are weird, but some of them are just like, genuine curiosity. Yeah. There's there's a weird, I, I, like, back and forth on them just being assholes to each other. I kind of get it. Like, if I was blind in every interaction, I went, so, like, can you, like, do normal yeah, stuff? I'd be like, know how to oh. eat toes? It's like, oh, my God. What if your carrots were blue? And she's like, I don't give a shit if my carrots are blue. What does that even mean? Yeah. So, and he, it's clear that he's kind of, like, attracted to her. He's trying to get into some more personal territory. He's like, uh, what about making love? Like, what's that like? She's like, I make love with my whole body, something you've never thought of. Yeah. There's like, including your toenails. <laughs> and then, yeah, basically he drops her off at the point she wants to. And she calls him like an ugly person, which from the little glimpses we get, he doesn't seem like the most beautiful person, but... Uh, yeah, drops her off, and, and he's, like, he's... gawking at her, and he crashes into somebody. And the guy immediately goes, what are you, blind? Yeah. And then she walks away with a smirk, knowing that he kind of got his, uh, just desserts. And yeah, that's pretty much that one. Yeah. And then fourth one is, we've already briefly talked about it. Oh, yeah. A uh, guy... In Italy, doesn't fucking know how to drive. Um, he's, yeah, he's like, like crazy. He's like, he's like, he's like driving. He's singing. He's like, bah, 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 bah. he's like so funny. Um, and then he picks up this like this priest. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, oh, are you a bishop? And he's like, no. And he's like, okay, bishop, I'll take you to where you need to go. And then he's immediately like, I'm going to confess to you. And he's like, please don't. And yeah. he's like having heart problems. He's like reaching for his chest, and he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna confess to you." And then he just regales the tales of like all his sexual exploits every time. Going, yeah, no, it's bad, but I love fucking. <laughs> and uh, it gets too much for the priest. He tries to take some medicine, but he like drops it, and then he dies of a heart attack. So he's just, just like, "Oh fuck, I can't! I I murdered this bishop. I gotta do something." So he just like sticks him on a bench somewhere. <sighs> Even though he could have just taken him to the hospital, nobody would have been like, yeah, you murdered him. Yeah, like, I don't think they were going to, like, question him to the point where it's like, like were you were talking you about that time you fucked a sheep? He's like, oh, fuck. Maybe this is, like, the fourth time this has happened. <laughs> but, yeah, so he basically just dumps him off and <laughs> leaves. Yeah. And that's that one. Then we go to the fifth one, which yeah. is in Finland, Helsinki. Um, I... I think I've seen the, the driver in this from some, like, some the other... The guy with the mustache? Um, he looked Mika? really familiar. Probably. But I don't know, like... There's only, like, a small handful. Oh, maybe not. Trying to, well, He's been in a lot of uh, Aki Korismaki's films, if you've seen any of those movies. I don't think so. No. He just looked super familiar. I'm gonna. I'll just look at his thing and see if I can. Find I him. haven't seen him in anything, but which uh, like he's only in that person's films, pretty much. He's in, uh, yeah, and Night on Earth. Ba 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 yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I... Maybe it, I just am... He like, looks like Joe. There it is. Maybe it's just something else I've seen that has someone who looks extremely similar to him. But, uh... Yeah. Uh, this one, basically, the cab driver. He's just kind of driving around, and then he picks up these three drunk guys. One's, like, just completely knocked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they tell him that, like, yeah, he's has, like, a pregnant wife, or... Like, this she's guy's trying had to the worst yeah. night. And he worst lost his job, and he's like, 
You think he's had a bad night? Let me tell you the worst story you've ever heard. <laughs> and then he tells them this very sad story about how, like, he had a wife and she got pregnant and she gave birth, like, three months early or some shit. And the baby had to be in an incubator. And he's like, I'm going to be completely distant so I'm not sad when this baby dies. But then there's a little bit of hope. So he's like, okay, maybe I love the baby. And then immediately the baby dies. And he's like, No! Yeah. That, that's the whole story. But they're like, oh, maybe our friend's a stupid idiot and shouldn't be sad at all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, what? I mean, they're just like completely not. They're like, this guy's the worst. This guy's life is much worse. Yeah. <laughs> and they're basically like, yeah. Then he gets to their block, drops them off, and he wakes up the uh, Aki guy, who is the other guy who they were like, had a shitty day. And the dude's like, where the fuck? Where am I? He's like, yo, you're in a cab and you owe me the fucking fare. He's like, alright. And then he just, like, sits on a fucking, like, curb. And then they're like, are you okay? Alright. Well, bye. And he drives off into the early morning sunset. And yeah, it's the movie. And, uh... Yeah, I like this one. I like this one a lot more. Yeah, I, I, I really, really enjoyed pretty much all of the 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 scenes. The vignettes. I think the third one's probably the weakest because the France one. Oh yeah. Um, I I still enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but I think in general it's a little con- maybe not. It's confused, but I was a little confused on what it wanted its character motivations to be at times. I'm like, do they? It was interesting, but I don't think it was spent enough time with its characters to really, like, wrap my head around what it wanted to say about its characters. Because, like, it's showing the main character be, like, discriminated against, and then he immediately discriminates against another person. I'm like, is it trying to is it trying to show that there's, like, a vicious cycle of, like, discrimination between, like, I'm like, what what is it? Um, or is it just being like, men are the worst? Because, like, I agree, but... <laughs> Like, there's some cool stuff. I like that, like, they say, oh, this guy's blind at the beginning. And he's, like, they're literally talking about, what can you not see? Why aren't you wearing fucking glasses? Like, they say that, and then he picks up a blind person. Like, there's some fun little, like, narrative jumping back and forth moments in that. But in general, I think it's the weakest of the five. Yeah, I think I agree. it's also such a big tonal shift between the second one that it's a little hard to get into at the beginning. So it takes a little longer to mm-hmm. get into it. And I think... I don't know this for sure, but it feels like the shortest of the five. Maybe it isn't, but... I'd probably say the one that felt shortest to me was the last one. That might have been it as well, but... um, But... I don't know. Um, But other than that, I think that I like the tone. I like the tone shifting. I like the time shifting. And I really like all the performances. Winona Ryder's fun as hell. Everybody in the second one's really fun. That guy in the fifth one's really cool. I do want to watch more movies with him. Yeah. And yeah, in general, I just really like this one. And I really like Tom Waits' song at the beginning where he's like, no! Yeah. Love! <laughs> There's a word. There's a word. But yeah, uh, this one, like, vast improvement. Especially considering he had just made the other one, like, right before this one. Really just felt like a primer for this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he really nailed this one. I enjoyed it a lot more. Uh, I felt like it just had a lot more focus. And uh, on top of that, even the parts that felt unfocused had enough like character and zane to them. Mm-hmm. To where I was just like, yeah, this is fun. I'm yeah. enjoying it. So yeah. Uh, I'm going to give this one... Eight. I would. And you give this a seven. Mm-hmm. God, we're, we're so good at this now. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Some, uh, Sometimes we're still just completely off. Yeah. All sure. right. Well, we have completed another episode of Screenwing. We're almost there to episode 100. We're, we're almost, almost to 200 subscribers. I just had a terrible realization. Well, Did you not pick something? No. For your deep dive? <laughs> Well, well, I know you switched. Okay. Well. I, I can just pick one on the fly here. I no, don't worry. I'll read you a quick excerpt from Visions of the Future, The Hand of Thrawn, book two. 
The Empire is poised to rise again. But what of your big blue head, Mr. Thrawn? Who cares about my big blue head? I am the best tactical genius since Ben Quadaneros, the pod racing champion. Ben Quadaneros? That's a name I haven't heard in quite a bit of time, says Gascano, Ben Quadaneros' former lover. Yes, I know it is hard to think about Ben Quadaneros, Mr. Gascano, Thrawn replies, but we must get him on our side, for if we have two of the most brilliant tactical minds in the world, there is nothing Luke Skywalker can do to stop us. They really talk about Ben Quadaneros. No, none of that was real. Oh, okay. <laughs> ben Quadaneros didn't even exist at this point, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, no, he might have, because uh, this is... can't remember when this one came out. Because this is the, the fourth, technically. So this might have already been out at that point. Okay. All right. I've got I've got a director. Nope, it was a year before. <laughs> okay. Uh, Andrea Arnold. Andrea Arnold. Um, the movies we will be covering. Andrea Arnold. She directed uh, Wuthering Oh, Heights okay. American Honey. Um, those are two of the ones we're going to be watching. Uh, we're also going to be watching Fish Tank. And Red Road. Red Road. And Wasp, which is a short. Cool. So, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. American Honey's been on my watch list for a long time. Yeah, and it has... Oh, dude, you're making me watch a Shia LaBeouf film? Yeah. (sighs) I've wanted to watch this, though, and it just lines up with the director I chose, so... Yeah, well, Michael Fassbender's You made me watch fucking Fury, like, two weeks ago, so... It was more than two weeks ago. Yeah, but, like, he wasn't the main... He's, like, the main character. He's the secondary character ever. I get... Antagonist vibes from him in that movie. Okay, so if he plays a piece of shit, that's fine. Yeah, I think he does. Cool. It seems like he does. So yeah. Oh, jo- Pierre sent me questions ten minutes ago. Should we just do them now? Nope. Okay. We'll next just time. we'll just add them on to whatever he sends for next week. Okay. Well, uh, have a nice night on Earth, guys. <laughs> that's the name of the one of the movies we watched. <gasps> Bazinga. <laughs> Jesus. Right.